Praise the Lord. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. This message is from the Glory Life City Church, where our man of God, the Apostle Francis, reveals the deep heart of God for the new creation in Christ. Glory Life City Church is a mandate from God to dispense the glory of heaven in the new creation in Christ, cultivating the apostolic heart of God in the intimate bond of fellowship, love, and power. Join in as the Apostle Francis takes us into the Word of God. Hallelujah. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about what I have captioned the history of the future. Say with me, the history of the future. Or oh, say it like you mean it, the history of the future. Yeah, so I'm going to do just one subtitle. Maybe I'll be chipping these ones in with time. So another time that I will do another subtitle, maybe two or three um, parts. So I'm doing developing a prophetic Focus for destiny. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Developing a prophetic focus for destiny. There are things that we do. I want to take my time and do this so we will understand what I'm. There are things that we do which can predict with high accuracy what we will become. Without fail. Hallelujah. There are certain things we do that can predict with high accuracy what you will become. When we come into the matters of destiny, there is no young or old. You can be old and unfulfilled with your life because your life does not matter. Are we together? You can be young and you are celebrated because your life means something to people. So when we come to matters of destiny, we are not dealing with advantage. Are we together? Nobody has an advantage when it comes to destiny. That is how come if you don't understand principles of destiny, you can have everything at your disposal, yet you will end disappointed. You can be in a good church, yet your life will not matter. You can be born to rich parents, yet the day we take away what your parents have done, you will see that you are actually empty and zero and you never knew. Is somebody here with me? Because the matters of destiny has nothing to do with advantage. There is no biological advantage in the matters of destiny. There is no social advantage in the matter of destiny. Glory to God. There are still homeless and street people in America. Don't we see them? Amen. Amen. Whoever thought that in a great nation like America, people will be sleeping on the streets and in bus stations and train stations. Whoever thought. Some of us are even better. Some of us, we, have, we don't have money, we don't have anything, yet we have a place to perch. Glory to God. There is no social advantage when it comes to destiny. Praise the Lord. 
So I wanted to take this series, this Sunday and next Sunday, very serious. I'm talking about this particular one. Developing a prophetic focus for destiny. How to sharpen your prophetic senses so that you can see destiny in the way that God has ordained for you. What is destiny? Destiny is God's ordained life that necessitated your existence. Do you agree with me? Destiny is God's ordained life that necessitated, that made it necessary for you to be born and for you to be alive. So you are alive for a reason. You were born for a reason. Say with me, I am born for a reason. Hallelujah. Say with me, I am alive for a purpose. So that purpose was there before God had to form you. God did not form you or bring you to this earth because he was bored and he wanted to do something. Are we together? Hallelujah. Can you give me some bass? It's like I'm, I feel like I'm sounding like a woman. Hallelujah. This one is apostolic. Praise God. God was not bored and he decided to create you. He was not. He had the reason. He had already decided on something. And he saw a need to bring you to fulfill that decision and that purpose. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I am, I am, uh, because the thing is short, you know, I am, I am an apostle and I am a teacher. I can't do short messages. It's not part of my DNA. Hallelujah. No, I can't do that. So, tonight, I will encourage you to make sure you come tonight too. Because, uh, you know, it's like a book. So, there is an appendix to this message I will be doing in the evening. Make sure tonight you are here. I will be talking about the tragedy of lateness. Amen. <laughs> so, tonight, no, you see, <laughs> you don't want to grow to 30 years and be regretting. Come tonight. Amen. I'm doing campaign for tonight. No, you don't want to be 32 and you'll be regretting. And you will be uh, seeing your friends and you'll be swerving. You can't go for school reunion. You know, anytime you go for school reunion, there are people who will not come. Not that they don't want to come or they are busy. They feel that when they come, they won't belong anyway. They won't fit. Hallelujah. The day they blow, they will be putting on page. When is the next school reunion? Because they want to come quickly come and show their car. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are we together? Turn with me to Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. We read from the verse 10. For that saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you. Say with me, God will visit me. After 70 years, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you. Glory to Jesus. That is so beautiful. Says, I will visit you and I will perform my good word. <laughs> For every performance of God, there must be a word that has gone ahead 
When there is no word, there is nothing for God to perform. And the word that went ahead of you is what we call destiny. So, there is a destiny, there is a word that went ahead of you before you were even conceived like God told Jeremiah that before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew thee. And I ordained you a prophet to the nations before I formed you. Before your father saw your mother carrying something on the sheets. Say, Charlie, this girl, I have to get her. God had already spoken the word. And he said that I will visit you and I will perform my good word toward you. In causing you to return to this place, verse 11. For I know, so that is the foundation for the scripture. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Hallelujah. Say with me, God is mindful of me. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil. If there is any confidence in this life, you know that God has a good plan for your life. Are we together? If there is anything you have to be confident about, it is that God has a good plan plan. Say with me, God has a good plan for me. It is not a thought of evil, but thoughts of peace. To give you an expected end. And then you will call upon me and you will go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. And 12, you, 13 says, you shall seek me. And you will find me when you search me with all your heart. So when it comes to the matter of destiny, the deciding factor is the decision you make by your own self to go after God. Because there is something in his mind that he is going to work for you. So destiny begins with your decision to pursue after God. Are we together? Yeah. Hallelujah. Destiny begins with your decision to pursue after God. And anytime you pursue after God, you search him with all your heart. The Bible says that you will find him. And by the time you find him, what you were searching, you will, you will already see that with him. You remember when Jesus, the people, the disciples after Jesus had left, they retired to fishing. They went to fishing. They were looking for money. They were looking for satisfaction. They were looking for fulfillment. They went back to their jobs. One day they were fishing and they had not caught anything. And then they saw Jesus at the very bank of the river who called unto them. Have you caught anything? No, you're not caught anything. And they said, come. And he invited them. By the time they came, the very thing they were, they were crying and toiling for. The Bible says that when they came, Jesus already had bread and fish by himself. Hallelujah. Your destiny is hidden in God. And the key into that destiny, God says that seek me. And when you seek me with your heart, you will find me. When you find me, you will also find that which you are seeking. 
So he said that seek ye first the kingdom of God. Praise God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, how many things? All these things shall be added to you. Seek first the kingdom. In the same way in Jeremiah 33 verse 3, the Bible said that call unto me and I will answer thee. And I will show you. So there are things that God wants to show us. Is somebody here? There are things that God wants to do what? To show us. Praise the Lord. There are things that God wants to show you and I. And those things, the Bible said, they are great things. They are mighty things. So that's why I said, you don't, if God is going to show you something, it's going to be a great thing. I pray that God will show you some greatness. If God is going to show you something, it's going to be a mighty thing. May the Lord make somebody mighty on this earth. The matter of destiny is already a defined matter. God has defined your destiny by way of the scriptures. He says that when you call unto me, I will show you something. I will show you what my thoughts are. And my thoughts, they are not thoughts of evil. They are thoughts of peace. So if I don't know anything at all, I know that God has prepared peace for me. The destiny that God has for me, it is one that brings me to a place of peace. If I don't know anything about it, he said, when I call him, he will show me great things. So the destiny that God has prepared for me, I know that it is one of what? Greatness. I'm trying to establish some fundamentals for you. Never at any point think that you are an inferior being to anybody. Are we together? Never at any point think that you are a second class citizen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Nothing should make you judge yourself. That as for you, you will amount to nothing. As for you, it is poverty that God has designed for you. Maybe to keep you humble. No. The scriptures have said, I know the thoughts that I have for you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Never judge yourself because of your family. That's it. When it comes to matters of destiny, there is no family advantage. Amen. You know, you know sometimes you see, we... I believe, I believe in family heritage because it is biblical, it is very spiritual. But then the truth too is this, a lot of times we only project the one or a few of the many in various influential families who are doing well. We don't project the ones who have become a, a, a thorn in the flesh and the black sheep in the family. We don't project them. Are we together? And those are evidence that destiny has no family advantage. It does not matter who your father is. It does not matter who your mother is. Are you, are you with me here? It does not matter whether your father is alive or not. It does not matter whether your mother is alive or not. Is somebody listening to me? God has placed a seal over your life and he has promised you that he has something in his mind for you. He will bring you to a place of peace. He will bring you to an expected end. He will bring you to a place of greatness. He will bring you to a place of might. Never at any point in time disqualify yourself 
one of the tragedies of destiny is self-disqualification. Hallelujah. Is that what? Self-disqualification. Almost everybody that God called, they came with a self-disqualification. They came with a certificate signed by their own self why they cannot or why they are not competent enough or why they do not qualify for what God is saying. God called uh, Gideon. Gideon said, no, 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 no. no. I, I'm sure you, you, you came to the wrong address. Hallelujah. Gideon said, no, God, this one, I'm, I'm, I'm sure this one is not. You are not talking about me. Because the thing you are talking about, if I look at this mandate and if I look at myself, I am the least of the least family in the least tribe. I am the least of the least. I don't know which contest they did. And Gideon came to that position. But he valued himself. And he placed himself comfortably. God does not disqualify anybody. Hallelujah. And that is good news for all of us. God does not. Say God has not disqualified me. No. Say like you mean it. God has not disqualified me. It does not matter what you have done. It does not matter where you are coming from. It does not matter what is in your favor and what is not in your favor. It does not matter the quality of your family. It does not matter what work you do. It does not matter what school you have gone to and which one you have not gone to. God is mindful of you. And what he has in his mind concerning you is thoughts of peace. What he wants to show you is greatness and might. Let this thing sink into your spirit. And don't go about disqualifying yourself. Everywhere you go, there are some people. You go to class, they, even your class people, for whatever they have seen in you, they appoint you for a class captain or class rep. You say, no, 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 me, I don't like those things. Stop disqualifying yourself. Hallelujah. You don't like it, so somebody should take it and rule over you. You have already made yourself a servant. Nobody put you there. Are we together? I used to tell someone, when they say, when somebody appoints you, assistant, I said, what about the me? What makes you disqualified from the me? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That's one of the positions I don't like in my life. Assistant. <laughs> assistant of what? Hallelujah. Are we together? You must let this thing settle in you. I see a lot of, I, I, I believe that a lot of our dispositions in life is traceable to our perception of the future, who we will become. We have already given up even before the first challenge shows up. We have already, we have already, uh, what do you call it? We, we have already placed ourselves in the category of servants even before an opportunity to serve comes. Are we together? There are some of us, we have, when we are talking about people who will be rich in, in life, you don't even dream it. You can't even imagine it. At least, lie to yourself with your own imagination. You won't even try that one. So because of that, every activity you undertake and every step you take, it actually pushes you towards the destiny that you have disqualified yourself. Are we together? Hallelujah. Because a proper revelation of your destiny will fuel all the necessary and required activities to get in there. Should I say it again? A proper and an accurate revelation of your destiny 
will fuel every activity and step to getting to that destination. So I judge from your actions and I see what you see yourself to be. Are you together? I see what you are doing and I know what you think of yourself. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yeah. I watch what you do and I predict. That's why I said destiny is predictable. I watch what you do and I can predict what you are already seeing yourself to be. And for a very high possibility, what you see yourself to become, you will become. Hallelujah. Are we together? He says that as a man thinketh in his heart, he didn't say so shall he be. You are already like that. Eh? Can you give me that, that scripture? For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Not so shall he be. You think you are poor? You are poor. Hallelujah. Aha. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Amen. You think you will fail, you have you already a failure. God will not surprise you. <laughs> Amen. God will not surprise you. What you think, it is a request to God. Have you forgotten the Bible said that God he is able to do exceeding abundantly above what we ask or think. So you think we're a failure, God will even increase the failure. Amen. Amen. You cannot think yourself a failure. How do you see the business that you are doing? What do you think? I will watch what you do and I can predict what you are seeing of yourself. Praise the Lord. Are we together? Let's, 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 let's look at some few things here. Glory to Jesus. I wrote here that the reality of destiny is that everything concerning our lives have already been completed. They are only awaiting timely manifestations. Everything. That is why God will say that what you think, you are already there. That is the reality of destiny. Everything concerning us, the Bible said in the, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 3. Everything concerning us have already been completed. They have already been finished. In Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 3. He says that for we which have believed, we enter into rest. We do what? Enter. We enter into rest. We enter into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. Although the works were finished, the works, the what? The works 
they were finished from the foundation of the world. Although the works, they were finished from the foundation of the world. So every work concerning your destiny has already been finished. Has already been what? Every work concerning your destiny, hear me and hear me well. Every work concerning your destiny and my destiny has already been finished. All that we are to do is to engage necessary principles so that we will have timely manifestation. What is timely manifestation? Timely manifestation simply means that every day of your life will come with a package of what God has already finished. Are we together? Every day, every year of your life, you know, we'll be celebrating birthdays and sometimes some of the days we are celebrating are actually empty days. That entire year you are celebrating, it has been empty, no achievements. No, nothing. You didn't start anything, didn't end anything. You didn't achieve anything, didn't make any money. You did not create anything. You did not impact anybody's life. That means that you have devoided or denied yourself the, the, the programmed manifestations of your destiny. Because your destiny is packaged in time. That's why tonight, don't miss, you don't need to miss tonight's executive service. Your destiny is packaged in time. Anytime you miss, it is a portion of your destiny that is gone forever. Are we together? And you will need God to intervene and bring recovery. Recovery is not God's ideal for anybody's life. Recovery is actually, uh, 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 what do you call it? A program to take care of your weaknesses. Hallelujah. Recovery is not God's ideal. It is not God's primary ideal for anybody. God's primary ideal for everybody is manifestation. Are we together? When you miss your time, then you can engage another, uh, even his computer, we say another algorithm, another API. You understand what API is? API. You are who asked. <laughs> Hallelujah. It is when you miss your time, then now you will have to engage another principle to be able to recover. Recovery is not even automatic. Praise God. It is like using a computer, you know, when you delete something from your computer. It is not automatic that what you deleted will come back again. If you want to recover it, you have to either engage another software or engage something. And a lot of times, what you even recover, they don't come in the quality that it was before. Hallelujah. And a lot of us, when it comes to matters of destiny, we are always in the recovery stage. We are always in prophetic meetings for God to recover things that we have lost. Have you, have you been seeing those things? We are always in the recovery. We are never in the manifestation. Manifestation means that you are walking in line with time. Recovery means that you have missed time. Praise God. I pray that no one will miss his or her time. No one will miss his or her opportunities. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Yeah, so everything 
about our destiny has already been finished by God. There is nothing new that God is about to do. Glory to God. There is nothing new that God is about to do. Hmm. Nothing new. And because, so this is where the, the difference comes. This is where the prophetic focus for destiny comes in. The Bible says that everything concerning our destiny, are you here with me? Everything concerning our destiny has already been finished. So now, because they have been finished, and we are living in a time frame where we are bound by processes. We are bound by what? Processes. We are bound by time. God teaches us through the scriptures that we, you can live in this present time and tap into the finished work. All right? Listen to this one. So I'm trying to explain the, the reason for the title. Okay. Your present life is a function of your past. All right? The way you are standing here right now, it is because last night you ate. If you did not eat this one, this morning right now, we will be seeing you differently. The way you are looking so beautiful is because you had a good sleep. Not because you go and sleep. It's because you had a what? So your body has been prepared for the new day. <laughs> Those who did not sleep well, there is a way they are behaving this morning. I will see it. So what you are doing right now it's not a function of what is about to come. It's a function of what has already happened. Are we together? So in other words, there is a certain history to what you are right now. The way your body is looking, it is a product of about one year or two years or three years of certain feeding or a certain lifestyle. Are we together? Praise God. So it's like, so somebody like Yvette was very slim and beautiful. Then now, she's eating left, right, and center, morning, afternoon, evening, in between. In between, morning, afternoon, in between, afternoon, evening. I don't know if done to his partner. <laughs> Amen. So now, you see that. So everything that you are right now, there is a history to it. But when we come into destiny, the Bible says that every matter of our destiny, all his works, they have been finished. So our past is no more connected to what we have done. But our past is now connected to what God has finished. So we have a certain history to what we are today. And that history, which has informed our position in this present, is building onto as a certain prospect of the future. So the future we are expecting, it already has a history. Do you now understand the English I was writing here? Amen. Amen. This one. Are we together? The future we believe God for already has a history because it has been completed. Amen. Amen. 
Isn't that a source for confidence? We are not living, we are not living life as if we don't know what we are doing. No, this thing we are, ah, hallelujah. Paul said, we, we don't give up on these things. We are beaten, we are crushed, but you are still grounded. Why? Because this future we are working towards, it already has a history. It has been completed. We have seen the completed form. We have witnessed it. We have watched it by revelation. Hallelujah. So because of that, we are, we are not just believers. We are not just Christians. We are a prophetic people. Hallelujah. So the essence of the prophetic is to give inspiration of the completed so that instructions for its manifestation can be perceived. That is the essence of the prophetic. So the prophetic gives us inspiration of what has been completed in God because Hebrews has already said all his works have been completed. So the prophetic reveals what is completed. And by that revelation... We have an instruction for our present. So that that instruction will align us. Will align our expectation. Will align our activities. Will align our mindsets. In preparation for the future. So by means of this prophetic uh, instruction. What we are doing is that we are rehearsing the future. Because in every present, there is a seed for the future. Are we together? That is why Jesus said that as he thinketh in his heart, he is. So he is thinking of something, but then presently, that thing is with him. Because in every present moment, there is a seed for the future. And if I can learn by prophetic revelation the history of my present moment, then I can, by scriptural and prophetic instruction, I can rehearse the future that is hidden in my present. Hallelujah. Are we together here? My future is prosperous. But how would that prosperity look like? That prosperity makes me talk a certain way. Nothing stops me from talking like it now. Somebody get this over My future is healthy. That health makes me do certain things. Nothing stops me from doing those things now. Because I understand that that future is already present with me right now. Because that future has already been worked. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Say we are a prophetic people. Yeah. So I mean, a prophetic people are those who have insight by reason of revelation on the portions of destiny each time of their lives carry in order to align their actions and expectations accurately. Every day of your life carries a certain portion of your destiny. Every hour, every month, every week of your life. So if your destiny is hundred, God has already arranged the hundred. He has distributed the hundred in various proportions. Is somebody with me? So every day of your life contains a portion of that destiny. The more days you waste, the more destiny you are wasting. 
The more days you waste doing unnecessary things, the more destiny you are wasting away. So uh, uh, Moses said, teach us to number our days that we will align our hearts with wisdom. Teach us to number our days. The Bible said in Ephesians that we should walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time for the days are evil. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So understand this. Every day you spend sleeping, destiny is going away. This one a good word. Yeah. Every day, don't miss tonight the tragedy of lateness. <laughs> Hallelujah. The tragedy of lateness. Pastor Dyson. People have been late and late and have embraced a culture of lateness. Now they are the late. Why do we say somebody dies, they late something? Why do we say the person is late? <laughs> Don't miss tonight. Hallelujah. So we are a prophetic people. And because of our prophetic tendencies, we are excellent in perceiving. We are excellent in understanding. We are excellent in controlling patterns and processes. Hallelujah. Prophetic people are excellent in perceiving, understanding and controlling patterns and processes. For which reason they are able to rehearse the future even in their present state. Why? Because they are able to perceive patterns. Hallelujah. Because the future that we look up to has already been completed. Don't forget that. Amen. The future that you are praying, Kataya, Rabayatata, it is already completed. It's already what? Completed. And if something is already completed, the only way to reproduce it is to study it for patterns and deduce instructions so that you can map your way. It's called mapping. You know, those of us, yeah, yeah. So uh, we have pharmacists. Uh, Pastor, Pastor Mrs. Farm, Hannah, Obodai, Shandoff, <laughs> Hanash. Hallelujah. So, you know, sometimes somebody can give you a drug and they take you to the uh, lab, right? And then they do what? They, 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 there's a word, is it? Uh, maybe I could be wrong, but they break it down so that they can understand how the drug was actually made. And the various, or oh, I should go to biochemistry. <laughs> biochemistry. What is the name of that process? Huh? Any? Oh, it's in master's level. <laughs> you guys, so they can take something that is already formed and then go and break it down and kind of study how the whole thing actually came about. So more or less like reversing the process so that they can know where it started from. And as they do that, they 
write down the instructions so that they can now do it again. They can now do what? Do it again. High-tech, high high-tech technology. Are we together? So anything that has been completed before can be reproduced. If only you can understand patterns and the processes. Because in the patterns and in the processes, there are instructions hidden inside that will allow you to reproduce the thing again. Amen. That would do what? That would allow you to reproduce, to reconfigure the thing again. And that is what a prophetic people are able to do. That is what makes us stand out from every other person. Because we understand life. Not from the perspective of experience, but from the perspective of revelation, having seen how God had already done it. Amen. We honor people who by reason of age, exposure, and practice have experienced life. We honor them. But then, it is not only experience. Are we together? It is not only what? Experience. Because this life you want to live, God has already finished this life. Don't forget this thing. God has already done what? Finished this life. And by revelation, this life which has been finished, we can identify how it was even done. If it has been finished, that means that a whole process has been undertaken and it has gone to an end. So from that finished perspective, we can go back and break it down to understand how it was even put together. Praise the Lord. To understand how it was even what? Put together. I pray that you will not miss it in this life. May the Lord beautify your life as a master builder. The Bible says God is a wise master builder. You will not miss it in destiny. Hallelujah. No marriage will make you miss destiny. Are we together? There are certain, so if you come to understand this, you will see that ah, there are some things you don't fight over, over them. There are some jobs you don't go for them. Because it is, it, it, is an, it, is an, it is an anomaly. It is an outlier. If we draw the line of your destiny, that job you are chasing after, it, it, it lies so far away. If you go for it, it will change your path. It will do what? Some people were never thieves until they got a certain job. And they learned to steal. Huh. Are we together? They were never thieves. They have not stolen before until they entered a certain office. And they taught them how we do it here. They said, this is over here. This is how we do it. <laughs> Where you must shine your eyes. Uh, everybody eats from his job. Apostle Francis will be right back. We hope you're enjoying this message. We would love to have you fellowship with us. You can locate us at the Shalom Motors Junction Leshebi of the Ashaiman Lungwa Highway for our Sunday Glory Celebration Service at 8 a.m. and our Prayer Line Service at 5.30 p.m. Welcome back to the message. Praise God. Yeah. They were negative. They were good people. Prayer warriors. Hallelujah. Prayer warriors. Until they got a certain job. And prayer warriors became money launderers because of a certain exposure they got. And destiny was swapped. Hallelujah. 
When you miss destiny, you become a victim of events and circumstances. Some of us, that's how our lives have become. The day we know you have money, we know that you won my bet. Amen. Am I communicating? <laughs> Hallelujah. The day we see you with a new shoe, we know that some invoices have been tempered with. Hallelujah. May you not miss destiny. May you not miss destiny. Some people have missed destiny because of who they married. May you marry the right person. Hallelujah. <laughs> My God. I don't even understand. Are you together? I remember when we were on campus, man of God, there were a lot of wonderful ladies who were on fire. Prayer secretary, I was head of prayer secretary. Sometimes the guys cannot even, they cannot even fire, and the ladies will be there. 12 hour prayer marathon. I remember one particular lady, I've forgotten her name. She was in Queens. She will stay in from beginning to end. They even have a way they, hey, until they're married. Not even Usher. They received all the anointing on campus. Every man of God lays hand on them, they will fall. They, have, they are products of many hands. But marriage has limited them to the kitchen, the bedroom, and then the boardroom. The way you are rubbing your hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. But these were anointed people. Amen. Are we together? Praise the Lord. Are you following me? So when it comes to matter, as I told you, destiny has no respect for any kind of advantage you think you have. Because you can miss it anytime. You can miss it at the slightest opportunity. Hey, these were ladies who were intimidating some of the guys. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody thought that by this, this little, they would take over there. Taking over. They are cooking three different kinds of meals a day. I'm not saying those who cook, they, are, they have missed their destiny. <laughs> Please cook. Cook and cook well. Cook the banku. Eh? Add some spices. Cook well. But there is more to life than cooking. There is more to your destiny than just giving birth to children. The ladies, am I communicating? Yes. There is more to your destiny than just doing makeup and wearing bone straight hair. There is more to it than that. Yeah, I'm telling them. There is more to it. There is an anointing that you are receiving. There is grace that is on you. It must count for something. Hallelujah. It must what? Your life. Any. Today is my birthday. So I'm. Any birthday which is empty, we won't celebrate. <laughs> empty birthdays. One whole year, you have not won a soul. You, you have not won a soul. You have not even given any good offering. If you put all your offering for one year, it won't even up to it won't be up to five hundred Ghana cities. One year offering, one year. 
What has MTN taken from you? Calculate. What has Church Shop Divers taken from you? Calculate. Amen. Hallelujah. Five CDs every Sunday times 52 Sundays. That's how much? 260 Ghana CDs. 200. One whole year. You say we, we will celebrate you. So now there's birthday. <laughs> Life that is worth celebrating. I'm talking about destiny and purpose here. Don't chip in your life. Just breathing in air and breathing out air and wasting oxygen. Am I diverting? Or oh, this one is okay. Don't chip in. Don't waste your life. Don't chip in it. You are a young guy. One year, you have not won a soul. Even your offering to God is nothing to write home about. All the pizza joints in Spintes, they have received offering from you. <laughs> when they are doing their yearly accounts, you alone, you constitute about 2% of their earnings. You alone. You alone. You alone. You are a first class customer. And that is your life we should celebrate. <laughs> You know what? Alaji's wife. Yeah. Uh, man of God, it's you also. It's him. <laughs> Your life must count for something. I am very serious about this. So when I see young people who are living as if there is no tomorrow, they are living as if they don't know. It's like, we will die soon. You are living as if you will die tomorrow. God has something for you. Bishop, are you listening to me? God has something for you. Beyond the school for the degree, beyond that one, what are you looking for? Hallelujah. I want money. I want money. You get money after that what? There is something that God has created you for. Hallelujah. And we are prophetic people. We are taught how to examine life and extract instructions so that we can align our days. We can command our days so that our lives will count for something. Praise God. Your life must count for something. When they mention your name, how many laugh because of you and how many mourn because of you? Glory to God. Now, some of you, you are a reminder of all manner of evil in the lives of people. When they mention your name, ah. <laughs> remember Paul. Paul and Alexander, they're coppersmiths. May nobody cry because of you. May nobody cry because of you. I said, may nobody cry because of you. There are four principal characters of prophetic people. Four principal characters of prophetic people. So now you understand that prophetic people are those who are inspired by the revelation of destiny and they know how to arrive at that destiny. 
they are not misguided people. It's like somebody who go to the bus station and does not know which bus to take. So they take any available bus and they blame the driver for taking them where they didn't want to go. You know there are people like that. They'll be blaming the mate, but why didn't you tell me? <laughs> Hallelujah. Are we together? Four characteristics of prophetic people. And I will take the first one. The first one is prophetic people are supernatural seers. They are what? They are what? They are supernatural seers. They are people who have prophetic eyesight and divine eyesight. I'll quickly mention the seven eyes that I've talked about that year in a long, uh, long time ago. I'll mention them quickly. Seven kinds of or types of eyesight. So prophetic people are supernatural seers because destiny is a function of what you see. Are you together? Destiny is a function of what you are. What you see. If you cannot see it, you cannot become it. When God came to Abraham and wanted to release Abraham into his destiny, he said, lift up now thine eyes. Hallelujah. Lift up now thine eyes. Whatsoever thou seest, I have given to you. So what you see is what you gain. Prophetic people, number two, are disciplined doers. They are not just seers. What they see, they do. Hallelujah. You know what Jesus told his disciples? What you see me do, do likewise. What you see me do likewise. What you see of me do, do likewise. So prophetic people are disciplined doers. And by disciplined doers, we are talking about people who have faith and people who are focused. Faith that shows up in consistency. You keep doing it even when it is not yielding because you believe that it will work. Hallelujah. You keep doing it even though nothing is showing. You are, you are, you are saying it and you are doing, you are coming, nothing is happening. But you have faith. That is the seed for consistency. Anytime you give up, it is not tiredness. It is faith that has gone. Are we together? So, prophetic people are disciplined doers. They are what? They are disciplined doers. Number three, characteristic of prophetic people. Prophetic people are structured builders. They are what? They are structured builders. They are builders. They understand how to build. They understand processes and patterns. They build. They understand that life is a building. Are we together? Life is a what? It's a building. It is not just a mixture. You know, mixtures are fast. You put this together, put that together, put that together, boom, you have a cocktail. Amen. So there are people like that. They, they, they start this one, they want one more time, it, it should blow. Bah, hey. Now they are everywhere. No. You are not a prophetic person. You don't understand life. Prophetic people are structured builders. They understand that there are things when we do, it takes time. There are things when we do, it, it, it requires patience. There are certain things they will happen faster, but they don't happen faster to, to, uh, to be consumed. They happen faster so that they will serve as energy for those things that will happen later. 
Hallelujah. I was, I was consulting for one business. And then, mind you, let me just see in this. We are trying to put together a business platform to help everybody who is doing business. And a lot of you have not signed up yet. Very soon I'm behind you. The day you come and tell me, and Papa this and Papa that, I will take offering from you before I tell you anything. Amen. Amen. I'll say, before I talk, put the seat down. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, church people like to be charged for things because they don't, they don't value free things. How many of us have seen those things? They don't value things that are free. You know? So I was telling him, see, you are worried over a certain business. You're talking, talking, talking. I said, look, let me show you what builders do. In this particular business skill, do have a part of the business that quickly generates money. All right? That quickly does what? Generates money. That money is not for consumption. That money is to serve as a backup. It's to serve as a capital base for the other part of the business that takes time. That money is to serve as immediate payment whilst you build patience for the bigger one. Other than that, you will give up because the long one, I mean, who will do business for one year without eating? You will eat, isn't it? You will pay light bill. Uh, ECG doesn't care whether your profit will come after two years. They don't care. Every month, they will bring you bill. Oh, now, today, it's even prepaid. So when it's finished, it's finished. You can't go and negotiate. So there should be a part. So the ones that come daily and weekly, it is not just for consumption. It is to keep you going. This, this is a structured building. If you want to build life, and all, and one of the problems I have with a lot of young people, they want everything quick and fast. And I don't blame them because this generation has become a microwave generation. Everything is quick and fast. Quick and fast. Hallelujah. Amen. Everything is what? Quick and fast. When we were growing up, you would have to go to the library. If you want to search for something in a book, you must start from page one. And read to where you will find what you want. By the time you find it, you have read four chapters. Today, we have a search function. So you just said, Papa. Boom. Page 24. Then it will highlight for you. Then you just go there and pick it. So we, life has become like a pharmacy store. It, it is like a, super, uh, a supermarket. We just enter and get what we want, and then we go out. We have no relationship. We have no system. We have no structure. We don't understand anything. Everything is about, I want this. Give it to me. I want this. Give it to me. People can go to work. You, they pay them small money. They are angry. Small money. They are angry. Do you know the kind of payments your, your parents have lived with for over 25 years and have taken you to school to pay your school fees, taking you to university, and you, your first job, take 600 Ghana, you say you are, you don't like you don't like. Hey, you don't like. You don't understand life. You don't understand it. Prophetic people are structured builders. They know how to build. They know how to dig foundation. They understand at the time I am digging foundation, Charlie, I will be dirty. Who builds a foundation and is wearing suit? Have you seen that one before? They understand that by the time I am, I will be dirty. There will be nothing beautiful about me. Look. If you are a young guy here, you are building the foundation of your life. Don't expect any woman to like you. Because foundation diggers are not looking beautiful. Are you here with me? Understand life. That's why I, I was telling you. I, when I see young guys, you don't have money. You are not building your life. And you are chasing after women. And what do you want? 
What do you want in this life? You don't understand where you are standing. What do you want? Hallelujah. <laughs> you have not started, man of God. You have not started. You are chasing women already. Already. So fast like that. Are you going to die tomorrow? Hallelujah. Tell somebody, prophetic people are structured builders. <laughs> Hallelujah. They know how to build. They know times when they get there, hey, I must focus here. Hallelujah. They know the time they must focus. They know the time they are ready to mingle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yeah. And the ladies, if any guy is busily building, digging foundation and they are coming to worry you, tell them, you are not a laborer. <laughs> yeah, you can't carry, you can't carry sand and pan. Amen. Yeah. Figure out your life. My ladies, are you here with me? Yes. No, no. Have you figured your life already? Where do I fit? Have you figured out your life already? <laughs> I mean, are you listening to me? See, see, give him some respect. A man of God. Where do I fit in your life? My mother has trained me for the kitchen. So that one is not your work. I know how to cook. So after all these things that conventionally we relate to women, where do I fit in your life? Other than that, you will be like some of those my mates. You will also marry. And all you do is cook. Hallelujah. And have sex, have babies. Born one, born two, born three, born four, five, six, seven. So you become mother of many nations. <laughs> <laughs> hallelujah and that is all so so you you that jesus came to save that is all you are doing with your life just have babies hey what creating descendants jesus came to shed this blood for you and all you can do as a woman is to give birth and raise children. That's all. And you will call it ministry. Sometimes we say those things to make people feel okay. There is no family ministry anywhere. Where did you see it in scripture? When he gave gifts to men, he gave them apostles, prophets. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't give them mothers. <laughs> Hallelujah. So your family is your first ministry. Who said what? Share. Oh, okay. You let's continue. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are we together? Prophetic people, number five, number four, finally, they are obedient followers. Prophetic people are what? Obedient followers. They follow obediently because they know that the life they are living, it has already been finished. So there is a laid down pattern and they are following it. There's a what? A laid down pattern and they are just following it. So they are obedient followers. In following, they follow in humility. Hallelujah. They follow in humility. They follow in patience. Let me end with this quickly. There's seven dimensions of sight. The first one, supernatural seers. The other three are, are straightforward, so I will leave that one to you. Amen. 
You know that sight is a, 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 a function of light. Sight is a function of what? Of light. And light comes in various layers. You know, there are bright lights, colored lights, all manner of lights, intensity. And that brings us to different levels of eyesight. So I'm going to talk about these seven quickly in, in 10 minutes and we'll be done. Hallelujah. The first, the first kind of sight is what I call physical sight. Say with me, physical sight. Say, say it again, physical sight. So what is physical sight? Physical sight is the sight of your natural eyes. It is the sight of your natural eyes. You only see, you know, to see something tangible is just the sight of your natural eyes. To see after the order of the natural eye. So like the way I'm seeing you, I'm seeing you in your dress, I'm seeing you seated. That is physical sight. Are we together? And there are some people in the journey of destiny, the only sight available to them is this one. Physical eyes, that's all. That's all they see in this life. Praise the Lord. Listen, in the journey of destiny, if all you see is with your natural eye, you are super limited. You are what? Yeah. You are what? You are super limited. You are grossly limited. If all you see is with your two eyes here. And some of you, even the two eyes, they are not good enough. Hallelujah. If all you see in this destiny is with these two eyes, you are limited. Let's read some scriptures quickly. First Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, so this is Samuel, the prophet of God. He's a prophet, but he almost made a mistake until God intervened. He says, but the Lord said to Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Hmm. Samuel, prophet, he focused on natural sight. God said, no, 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 no. So that means that natural sight can miss it. You can see things and think that this is the right way. Just like the prophet Samuel God said that don't just look at his countenance, the beauty, the beauty, you know, he, that guy was having nice, powerful beard, and he was also tall, slightly taller than me. Amen. <laughs> and someone was transfixed on his teacher. And God said, No, no, don't look at that one. Because I'm not looking like the way you are looking. I'm not, I'm not seeing things the way you are seeing them. So the, the limitation with the natural sight is that you can see things, but that is not what God has approved for you. That's the first limitation with the natural sight. You can see things. This one, wow, Charlie. You can see a lady. Where do I look? Hey, so let me look here. You can see a lady. Eh, man of God. And you see... You see all the modifiers and everything. So everything is correct. But what you don't see is somebody who will vex you in your destiny. 
You don't you didn't see that one. Physical eyes. You see, you see front front elevation, powerful, you mark it, tick, pa. Then you go to the back, you see this one, then you tick this one, pa. Hallelujah. Then you can even check from side elevations. You let them know this one is also correct. You take it. Bah. But what you are not seeing is the woman who will poison you. You didn't see that one. What you are not seeing is the woman who will destroy your business. You have not seen that one. If you don't see that one, very soon you will come. Hmm, Papa, my house is on fire. Why would the house not be on fire? Because you are limited by just the physical side. Look at another thing the physical side does. In Ecclesiastes chapter 6 verse 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 6 verse 9. He says what? Well, better is the eye, is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the desire. So at least the physical sight, eh, it is better than something. It is better than the wandering of the desire. It's like you are here. You are desiring Jolof. But then Solomon is saying that to see Jolof is better than to desire Jolof. Are we together? Yeah. So physical sight has a certain advantage. But he says that even that one, it is also vanity and the vexation of the spirits. Oh, young man of God. You were focused onto God until you saw you saw a certain shape, and all of a sudden your prayer got jammed up. It's like it's like computer you jammed up. You you even forgot your prayer topic. You were praying mahata in the name of Jesus. Then you start seeing <laughs> Are we together? So, physical side is good, but it says that it is a vexation of the spirit. There are things you see, it will vex your spirit. It's even vanity. Concerning Jesus Christ in Isaiah chapter 11, the Bible says that the seven spirits of God will be upon him, and he will not judge. He will not. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and mind, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Today, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes. He will not. So that is why, you know, the Bible will say that Jesus knew their heart and he answered them according to what was in their heart, not according to what was physically showing. Hallelujah. He, he operated beyond physical sight. I pray that God will give you grace. That after today, in this journey of destiny, you will not be limited by your physical eyes. Hallelujah. The next sight... I'm talking about is what I call oh the darkened or the closed side. The darkened or the closed side. Darkened side. This level of sight is blank, empty. It does not contain, does not see anything. It is, it is void of light. This is the eye that does not see anything. This is the eye that does not know anything. Hallelujah. Are we together? Yeah. The Bible says something concerning this sight in Psalm 82. 
Psalm 82, verse 5 to 7. It says, They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of cause. I have said that ye are gods and all of you are children of the most high, but you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. What is he saying? He says that they know not, neither do they understand. They walk on in darkness. The closed or the darkened sight is the one that is ruled by ignorance. One that has no light, one that has no iota of knowledge. Hallelujah. When you are walking in this life ignorantly, the Bible says that you are walking in darkness. You don't see anything. Take darkness. You don't see anything. You don't know what is ahead of you. All your steps are uninformed. Hallelujah. People are like, you ask them, why are you doing this? Oh, oh, oh pastor. See, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm just, you know, life is 50-50. 50-50. Dark inside. They don't know. They have no idea whatever they are doing. They are walking in complete darkness. Hallelujah. Walking in what? Complete darkness. Complete darkness. Let's, let's be quick. Number three. It's corrupted sight. Say with me, corrupted sight. Corrupted sight is one which the Bible calls seeing darkly as in a glass. It is a sight that is induced or influenced by fear. The sight that is influenced by fear so that you never are able to see clearly. You don't see clearly. Amen. You don't see clearly. You don't see in full. Corrupted sight. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 11 and 12. It says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child and I understood as a child. I taught as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now, we see through a glass darkly. But then face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know even also as I am known. So that's corrupted sight. You are always seeing in part. You never have the full picture. Because your sight has been influenced by fear. Your sight is influenced by so many things. Because of that, you never have a full picture of what life is for you. It's like you are here, you are there. How many of us are agree, agree with me? No, that kind of life. It's like you are not too sure. This one, will it work? Will it not work? You don't know. Amen. So corrupted sight, number four, quickly. is unseeming sight. Number four is unseeming Sight. This is a sight after the eyes of one's imagination. The sight after the order of one's imagination. So you see based on what you have been told. Based on what somebody has influenced you with. Hallelujah. It is not sight that is personal to you. So, for example, uh, you can, you can be in a relationship with somebody and you are enjoying your relationship until somebody down there calls you. Ah, this kind of tribe, do you know what they are? And then they will tell you, these people, they are like this, they are like that, they are like that. All of a sudden, the things you used to like now, they mean something else for you. How many of us have seen those things? That is unseeming sight. You see through the eyes of other people. Hallelujah. I pray that you will be delivered from that in Jesus' name. Number five. 
the mirror side. See the mirror side. The mirror side is one that is reflective. It brings a person into a deeper knowledge of himself. So the mirror side is more of a reflection. It is an introspective sight. I don't know if you understand that. So you look into yourself and you project yourself into everything that you see around you. And that can be very limited. Because you can look at your own self, you can look at what you can do and me, I'm not like that. And me, I didn't pass this school and I didn't go here and I didn't do this and I didn't do that. And because of that, every time you go into any place or you have an opportunity to look at something, what happens is that you, you subject yourself to a limited view of what that it is. Hallelujah. You, do, you subject yourself to a limited view of what that thing is. Number six, quickly. It's what you call the prophetic sight. Say with me, prophetic sight. Say with me, prophetic sight. So prophetic sight is the ability to see ahead in a dimension concerning things to come. It is the sight of the of your human spirit. Hallelujah. It is the sight of your human spirit. So based on how strong your spirit is, you can always see beyond the present. You can always see beyond the natural. You can always see beyond the obvious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And finally, what we call divine sight. As I said, four characteristics of prophetic people. The first one is supernatural eyesight. And it is. So these last two, prophetic sight and divine sight, are actually the kind of eyesight that we must endeavor to build in ourselves. The kind of eyesight. We must endeavor to do what? Yeah. To build. To build prophetic eyesight. To build divine eyesight. Divine eyesight is the ability to see through the eyes of God. Hallelujah. Like God said to prophet Samuel, he told him that there is a way I see and there is a way you also see. Hallelujah. So there is a way God sees and that is called divine sight. Amen. There is a way God sees. So like Gideon, God sees Gideon and then God sees Gideon as a mighty man of valor. Gideon thinks that he is the least of the least family in the least tribe. So there is a way God sees. Are we together? A prophetic sight might have seen that Gideon has the ability to bring victory to the people of Israel. But the divine sight goes beyond the future and he actually sees the presence for what it really is. And that is what we must have as a prophetic people. We must have prophetic sight and we must have divine sight. We must be able by our spirit to see into the future and through the eyes of God, we must see the present for what it really is. Hallelujah. The, 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 uh, the sisters of, of uh, what do you call it? What's the name? Um, Lazarus, Mary and Martha said, 
Your friend, he's sick and is about to die. Jesus said, he's asleep. And I go to wake him. So there is a way God sees. That is divine sight. I pray that God will open your eyes. David prayed a prayer in the book of Psalm. He said that, open thou my eyes, that I will behold wondrous things. The prophet Elisha prayed for Gehazi, that God will open his eyes to see from the mountains the entire host from heaven that have come to battle in their favor. I pray that God will open your eyes. May the Lord open your eyes to see beyond the natural, to see beyond the lack, to see beyond the sadness. Hallelujah. I hope you've been blessed by this message. For more information, visit our website at www.glorylifecity.church and connect with us on social media at Glory Life City Church. Contact us on 266 or 54 